and your mercy. Thank you for bringing us together to this church family this morning to give you honor and to worship you. Father, we ask this for our great blessing of being together, and we know we can only do this because of the name of your Son at the name of Jesus. In his name we pray, and the church said, Amen. 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 At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Oh, Lord. 
this uh, next song, an, an old song. You know, a, a good song that's old is still a good song. That's what I feel about this song right here. Uh, and I don't want anyone walking out of this room today not being able to say the words, it is well with my soul. Because you'll get an opportunity to do that, I promise you, here at Watch Fair okay? We're just gonna, we're gonna start without the team, just the audience, guys, so you, you take care of us there, all right? no matter what your mess is and we all come in this room with them 
God can take your mess and turn it into a message. And what I like about here is that when people respond, they don't respond alone. We're all in this thing together. There's nobody holier than anybody else in this room. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. It doesn't matter your income. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your situation. We all have the same need to be rescued because we've been broken by our own choices, our own sinfulness. But praise God that when we come to him, just like we are with all of our mess-ups and mistakes, God rescues us by his grace and puts us in a really neat family that we can grow and learn and, and, and keep on growing, all to become more like the one called Jesus Christ.
We do serve a great and mighty God, don't we? Hey, guys, on the slide up there, let's first verse. Or not. <laughs> We're going to start with the first verse. When we get to that one, pick up, okay? <laughs> the splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice
It's been a while. Haven't seen all y'all in a long time. Happy Father's Day. It only makes sense that the guy that's been a dad for three months would speak on Father's Day, so get out your notebooks. Um, Mike didn't even ask me. I actually volunteered. Thanks, Mike. Uh, you know, I've been through a lot lately. Um, Willie told me not to cry, so if I start crying, just laugh. Um, I had to watch my son suffer. I had to watch him struggle to live. He was in a bed and he couldn't breathe and nurses would run to help him. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And then I think, God did the same thing. Except when I was begging God to take it from my son, give it to me, do something. Don't let him suffer. God could have stopped his son from suffering, but he didn't. God could have stopped it in an instant. But instead of watching his son suffer, he let his son suffer. For me and for everyone in here and for people that don't even want it and for everyone in this world. That is something worth remembering. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sending your son to suffer for us, for him to hang on a cross and bleed and die and be raised again so we can have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm just praying this time. Dear Lord, just thank you once again. Thank you for the blood that was shed. Please help us to not only remember it right now, but to remember it every second of our lives and to remember that it's the only reason worth living. In Jesus' name.
So during the whole child in hospitals across Louisiana thing, I, he was flown down to New Orleans, and I was in a car driving as fast as I could trying to catch up. And I got a text message from a friend that explained to me what it was to be a dad. It said, you're the dad, you're the rock. Everyone will look to you for strength. Don't be tempted to fall apart. If you really have faith, put it into practice. I was panic city. I didn't think, oh, God's got this. I was worried out of my mind, and then I got that text message while driving. This is another story. Um, And said, what am I doing? I have to be the rock for my family. I set the tone for my family as the dad. That friend helped me out a lot that day. He, he taught me what it was to set the tone. And right now we have a chance, dads, to set the tone and give him back. It's pretty simple. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you uh, for all the dads in here. Please uh, be with us and help us to give as much as we can to you, Lord, because without you, what, what do we have anyway? In Jesus' name, amen.
this time we want to dismiss uh, uh, our kids. Uh, the up on the screen, nursery, the King's Playground. Bible Island Explorers will not meet during this month, so you'll stay in here. While we dismiss them, I know it's crowded in here. Moving around is a little difficult. If you'll just stand up, let the kids out, say hi to your neighbor, give you a moment to do that, and then we'll get back together.
He said, man, that's been on my bucket list. He said, you know, you realize I've never preached here? And I, I thought, no, that can't be right. And then I thought, oh, yeah, I remember because I said, ah, we don't need him to preach. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but uh, uh, I said, you hadn't preached here since you were Jess, is what I told him. Uh, and that was just a third of a sermon when we got three teenagers up to preach years ago, wasn't it, Will? Yep. And so, uh, but I'm, I'm so excited when, when, when I said something to him, he was right on right on it and said yeah i would love to and so i uh, worked it out in the schedule to be here and so uh, it's it's a it's a great honor to to uh to have you uh willie uh, you know i love you a lot close to my heart in so many ways and so i just want to have a prayer for willie before he preaches to us okay father we love you and we're grateful how you you work in people's lives how you bring about so many great things and we've never dreamed of and i'm thankful father uh, for how uh, you use willie and Corey and their family and thank you father for his uh, faith uh, not just now in adulthood i thank you father for his faith when he was in high school and for uh, the things that he shared and people he reached in and so you've multiplied that out and we're grateful so i pray you bless him to preach with power and enthusiasm and conviction the things that are on his heart in Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, love. Thank you, Mike, for giving me the opportunity to preach. And um, thank you also for taking my whole first story, that this was the first time I preached here. So uh, <laughs> this was on my bucket list for sure. And uh, I didn't even realize that I'd um, actually never spoken here. And I speak all over the world. Thanks for the singing. Kelly, I should really take you on the road with me uh, to get everybody fired up before we get started. And uh, it's good to be here. Happy Father's Day to everybody, um, to all you dads out there. And um, happy Father's Day to Phil. I think he's went on a Bible study. I saw him leave, but uh, oh, is he here? Oh, he is there. Hey, Phil. Um, <laughs> happy Father's Day. Um, so I get to preach on Father's Day, and uh, Phil preached on Easter. It was very loud. Um, it's a loud sermon, and um, he. Um, that was funny about Dad. You know, growing up, he never really raised his voice, did he? He really. He, and I've tried to do the same thing with my kids. I try not to raise my voice at him, but when he preaches, he gets really loud. And um, I don't know. He doesn't realize there is a microphone here that will make it way bigger. Um, and if you missed it, uh, the church puts it on. Um, online now it's on youtube and um 
It was also on TMZ, CNN, Fox News, pretty much every major news outlet. See, Phil, there's something good. I mean, they're literally carrying parts of your sermon out all over the media. That's what I love about Phil. He is, uh, it's never boring with him. Um, thanks to also the guys here, the fathers of my faith who have helped shape my life. Uh, you know, Dad and Kelly, a lot of you guys who have uh, worked in my life. Uh, John Howard's one. There's a bunch of people here, men, Bill Smith, a bunch of people who helped shape me as a child and as a teenager and then on up into what we're doing now. And I'm, appreciate, I'm appreciative of you guys. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll say that this is, uh, Dad's not a big gift guy. We don't, he doesn't, I don't really give him gifts and he doesn't really ask for things. Um, in fact, he ignores major most holidays. But um, I'll say that uh, my gift to you, Phil, is to preach here um, and to continue to live our lives like 1 Corinthians 15 which he says, what I've received, I passed on to you as of first importance, the gospel of Jesus. I will continue to pass this on as well. And so Phil was a great pastor in college, but he's also a great pastor of the gospel. And I just want to be the, the next one to continue to pass this on. So uh, thank you, Dad. Well, this is a bucket list. This was something that I wanted to do and um, to get up here and talk. And do you guys have bucket lists? Do you even know what that is? It's a you know list of things you put in a bucket and... Uh, you know, stuff you want to try to pull off, and um, you know they can be all kind of different things that we do. And um, mine was always like when I was young, they were small; they were like little things. I remember when I was a kid, I had the burning desire to eat an entire 14-inch pizza, a Johnny's pizza, by myself. Now, when you're a child, we didn't have a lot of money, so it depended on someone else buying me a pizza just for myself, which was not going to happen. And, but I thought, well, if I, if I could, I think I could do it. So I worked hard. I made money. I remember the first time I bought my own 14-inch pizza, and let me tell you something, I ate the entire pizza. Now, it was a little bucket list, but I did it. So if you have bucket lists like that that depend on you eating a lot of things, you're, you're probably just going to get fat. So um, <laughs> you have to expand things that you want to do. And uh, now, it's funny, as you get older, now what I want to do is order a pizza and only eat two pieces <laughs> or one piece. Or how about a pizza sitting there and you don't even take one piece of the pizza? That's a big bucket list. So I think our, our, our goals do expand and, and grow. I guess the thing, and I've done a lot of things, um, um, I've been able to do a lot of cool things, and, but my number one bucket list, the, the number one thing I wanted to do was to play at Augusta National Golf Course, and if you're not into golf, they have a little tournament there called the Masters. Um, for the ladies, if you're still not interested, you win a nice jacket if you win, um, beautiful green jacket, uh, which fascinates my wife, uh, that you win an article of clothing at this tournament, but... I, uh, I always wanted to play, and I guess I thought it was such a hard deal um, to pull off that I didn't know if I'd ever pull it off, but I was determined. I told all my buddies, I said, I am going to figure out how to get on that piece of land and walk across that property. And, you know, if you ever get invited to play Augusta, it's like a medical emergency. You drop everything you have. If you lose your job, it's fine. You'll get another one. But you go to walk this golf course and play it. Now, what if your whole thing, your whole bucket list depended on um, someone else's ability to dance? 
At this point, you have no idea where I'm going with this. But literally, what I always wanted to do depended on somebody else's ability to dance. The quick version of this crazy story is, so I decided I wanted to go to the World Series, and it was in St. Louis, so I made a couple phone calls, and I was able to, to go to a suite. And uh, when I got to the suite, the guy that got me the ticket said, look, he said, by the way, uh, you're in the Hall of Fame suite, so you'll be sitting with the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Famers while you're watching the World Series. At this point, i got to apologize to Kellett because I'm literally passing over his whole bucket list things he wants to do in passing, getting to what I really wanted to do. But that really happened, and it was cool that I got to sit in there. So I'm talking with Ozzie Smith, and he says, in a couple of weeks, we're going to go play Augusta National. I was like, oh, wow, what that is my job. Good for y'all. Man, that's awesome. He said, yeah, we're taking, we're taking uh, Bill Ingvall. We're going the comedian. And uh, I said, that's awesome. Well, Bill Ingvall was on a little show called Dances with the Stars, and he kept winning week after week. Well, he gets right up until the time he's supposed to go play Augusta, and guess what? He's still on Dances with the Stars. Guess who Ozzy calls up to take his place? <laughs> oh, that's an automatic yes, I'm going. Now, I had my own little problems. He was in Los Angeles. Well, I happened to be that morning. I was in Napa, California. And um, I have a crazy schedule, but I'm going to make it there. So I leave Napa. I do a couple-hour event in Denver. I end up that night in Colorado Springs for what turned into about a five-hour event. I've got to come across, back across daylight savings. And for I see Corey... Court, when you're going back this way, you're losing time, okay? So you're going back against time. I drop her off in Monroe, and I get to Augusta at about four-something in the morning, and I'm getting picked up in two hours. But who cares? I'm fixing to play Augusta National. So one hour of sleep, and I'm up. And I had this all thought out in my mind. I, I put on my, uh, my powder blue polyester favorite golf pants. I had this whole outfit. It was going to be awesome. Uh, kind of like my red, white, and blue wingtips I'm wearing this morning. Um, so I put this on. I look down, and my zipper is literally gone. It is obliterated. The little thing that you pull up, he gone. There's nothing there. <laughs> so we have a predicament here that I'm in. That's all right. I always bring a backup. So I had some plaid shorts that were not as cool, but I was going to wear the plaid shorts. And I go down there, and I'm ready to roll. And the guy who was bringing me... Uh, who was driving me over says, oh, Mr. Robertson, they don't allow short pants at Augusta. And I went, oh, no, well, I've got pants, but there's no zipper. And he said, maybe we can get a safety pin. Nothing's open. I thought, oh, shoot. I don't know what your experience is with polyester pants and safety pins, but when you put it together, it does not even have a clue that it's coming together. Everything was still gaping open. It was like a neon sign pointing to that area. And let me tell you something, guys. You don't want a neon sign pointing at any part of that area, all right? That is something we don't even want to see and know about. So I have an oversized sweatshirt that I put on that hangs down below that so you couldn't see it. Now, I'm not Calvin Klein here, but that was not the look that I wanted showing up to Augusta. Like a homeless guy with polyester pants on the most prestigious golf course in America, and my bandana. <laughs> well, i tell you what, I went over there, and I was just happy to be there, and uh, Augusta was so nice, because on the fifth hole, 
They even sent me out my own Augusta golf hat to take the place of the bandana that I was wearing. So if you ever get to play, they frown on bandanas as well. I'm thinking this whole outfit is horrible. But I got to uh, fulfill one of my bucket list things. Um, do you have any, what's on your spiritual bucket list? What, what, are, what, are, what are you doing? Are you doing anything? Or what, what do you want to do? What do you desire to do? Um, what are the things that, that you really want to achieve? And have you done them? Do you even think about achieving those? You know, for some of us, I think we, we become Christians and then we um, become a Christian, which should be number one, you know. Giving your life to God should be the number one thing you want to do. And at that point, what happens then? For a lot of us, we just we try to go to church, you know. You ever talk to somebody and say, yeah, I need to get back in church. Um, I need to get on up there. Jesus and what he did, I think there's so much more to being a disciple and a follower of him than simply become a Christian and trying to go to church and trying not to mess up too much. I think he has so much more in store for us of what we can do. And, um, you know, this morning as you hear this, I, um, I hope that you really think, just take these next few minutes and think about literally changing some things about your life and think about where you can go. Think about what you can do, what God has in store. Are you doing everything that you think he's called you to do? Because as I read through the Bible, there's some wild, radical stuff going on about how people are living their lives and living them differently. It'd be like your bucket list of eating a pizza. That's pretty small. You want to go play Augusta? It's a bigger stick. You're going to have to work on that one. You have to work and push yourself. Jesus had a way of pushing people to think bigger. To think bigger. Bigger than what they could ever see. Many of us get in a rut. We just get in this rut. We're not sure. And we're, there's a bunch of things. I'm going to give you three things this morning that hopefully will help you out to achieve some awesome bucket list things spiritually. Because I can tell you all about stories I've done on this planet that are fun and run around. The ones I'm really excited about are the spiritual ones. And one thing about the Robertsons, you know, we, we're pretty good storytellers and uh, we like getting together. We talk about cooking, we talk about hunting, we talk about a lot of things. But our spiritual adventures, those are awesome. Those are what encourage each other. When you come back from a trip and you say, ah, oh, this is what happened, and you come back from a late-night conversion of someone, tell them the story, man, that gets us so fired up. It's those spiritual bucket list things. As a boss, I want more. As a boss of a company, I want so much more. If I'm doing an interview with someone, and I said, so, so you want to work for me, right? And if they say, yeah, I'd like a job, and I'm going to try my best to show up to work. That would not be a good interview. I want a little bit more than that. As a spouse, it's like saying, yep, let's get married. I'm going to try to be faithful. That's it. <laughs> Don't we want more? Don't we expect more? Don't we think about more? The first thing that I want to challenge you with is this. You've got to think bigger. You've got to think bigger. You don't do bigger unless you think bigger. You start thinking about, now what exactly can I do? Um, Jesus ran up on Peter, Simon Peter, and uh, 
this story fascinates me. Um, so he runs up on Peter. You, you, you know the story from Luke 5. And he runs up on Peter and he says, um, he's watching him and he's fishing. He says, hey, Peter, um, why don't you throw your nets out there deeper? Throw them on the other side over there. Now, Jesus right there challenged him to think bigger. Peter even had an excuse. He's been doing this all day. He's like, bro, I've been out here all day. Are you a fisherman? Are you? I mean, think about the things we would say. He said, no, I want you to think bigger. And he throws him out there, and he showed him bigger. He showed him what he couldn't see. And it doesn't end there. Then he says, you want to think bigger than that? How about leave everything you got and follow me? We're going to go big. Let's go big. And lo and behold, Peter dropped everything. That story fascinates me. Could you do that? Could you take that instruction? Can you think bigger? When the Lord challenges you to think bigger, do you make excuses? Do you think, ah, I'm not? Or do you go ahead and do what he said? Matthew 17 says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's crazy big. He's telling us right there, guys, you know what's holding you back? Your own imagination. You're not thinking big enough. You're not going to do anything big if you don't think big first. We have got to start thinking bigger than what we are. Probably when this church started right here, I guess it was over there, it was small. Did we see this? You see something bigger here. We have another ministry across the river. I can't quit thinking about bigger things to do over there and growing and growing. Because Jesus, is he just putting that on a few people's heart or is he putting that on everybody's heart? He went right to him and said, let's roll. You got to think big, and the second thing you got to do is you got to take action. If there's no action, you can think all day, but you got to do something. When he told Peter, when he said, throw them nets over there, he did it. What if he wouldn't have done it? What if he wouldn't have, what if he just said, bro, uh-uh, I'm good? Peter had been doing this all day. What if he wouldn't have done it? Well, let me tell you what would have happened. There's another story of a rich ruler in Luke 18. Jesus almost gave him the same challenge. He's a pretty good guy. He'd been good since he was a kid. He had done some things. He said, well, there's one more thing. Sell everything you got and follow me. Same thing he told Peter. What did he do? He hung his head and he was sad because he had a lot of money. You know what you get if you don't take action? You don't get your name mentioned in the Bible. He's a rich ruler. His name never even made it. If you don't watch it, your very identity will be based on your own sinfulness. It'll be based on your own sinfulness, your identity with God. I don't know what that rich ruler did or ended up doing, 
but his name's not even mentioned. He could have been right there, an open invitation by Jesus Christ himself. Come follow me. And later on, he's defined by his sin. Are you defined by your sinfulness? Are you the uh, careers on the rise guy? Are you the TV watcher? Are you the mega sports fan? What defines you? Or is it the actions that you take for the Lord? Luke 11 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Correct me if I'm wrong, but every one of those are actions. He says it's there. But you got to do something. You're not going to do anything if you don't ask. Seek. Knock. We got to do stuff. Peter's story would have looked just like that rich ruler. He would have been the old fisherman who didn't take my advice. And it would have been a really short deal. Peter went on to do some amazing things. Later he would write, same guy, I would say, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. That's from Peter. Do you have that answer? It's going to take action to get it out of your mouth into someone else's ear for that to happen. You've got to be about action. The last thing I'll tell you is this. Don't live in your past. I think this gets so many of us. This cripples us from doing some awesome things for God because we're stuck in the past. This cripples us, paralyzes you. You can't move because of what you've done or who you think that you are, good and bad. Good and bad. Because you're thinking back what you did 15 years ago and you did some great things. What have you done lately? Or you're crippled in your own sinfulness of your sin. And it shuts your mouth up because you're not sure what to say because of your past. And you look backwards and you don't look forward. When Jesus ran up on Simon, he showed him bigger. He threw his nets out and pulled in the biggest haul. He's calling people over. They're caught up. What's the first thing Simon Peter said? Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Why do we push away from what we just saw, Jesus? Why do we push away from that? Because you would think he would have jumped right there. But we do that, don't we? Because we immediately look at our sin. And I love how Jesus handled this guy. Did he go over and over that sin? Did he say, oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> tell me about it, you sinner. Let me, just, let me just lay this out to you. He, he went right past it. And guess what he did? He showed him something he could do bigger despite his sinfulness. And then right after that, Peter loads up and leaves everything. So he got past his sinfulness. 
the same guy, this same guy, same guy who leaves everything he had and walked and followed a man that he had just met. This same guy, later in his life, would deny even knowing Jesus. Three times. Let me give you a little perspective on that. That's somebody asking your spouse, is she married to you, or is he married to you? And he says, no, I don't even know who that person is. How would that make you feel? Oh, we'd have to be in counseling for five years over that one. (laughs) On both sides. That's horrible. And it wasn't a couple of chapters later, that same guy in Acts chapter 2 is preaching, and not just preaching, he's preaching boldly. You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. You want to talk about a bucket list. He brought about 3,000 people to the kingdom that day. Right after he had just screwed up. Guys, don't let your past define who you are. This Bible that I read is full of people who screwed up royally. I mean, bad stuff. Murder and adultery. And, but these are the same people, the same people who went on, who did not live in their past, and thought forward and moved forward and literally changed the entire world. I think sometimes we get so hung up on where we've been, we don't think about where we can go and what you can do. And I'm certainly not telling you to sin. Romans 6 will tell you about where that is, about living in sin. But we can't let it hold us back. You move forward and you keep pushing and you do not live in your past. So I was, uh, so at Augusta, I get up on the first hole, just piped one right down the middle. And my caddy said, that's one of the longest balls I've seen hit here all year. I am shaping this story as I'm walking up the fairway that I'm going to tell to my friends about me birdieing the first hole and being under par at Augusta National and I get up over the ball, the second shot, and I'm like, just, you know, don't think about anything other than hitting the green. Stuck it in there right in the middle of the green. And I'm like, fix the birdie, the first hole at Augusta. I get up over my putt, I look at it. I hit the putt, and whoa, 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 whoa. I'm about 12 feet past the hole. <laughs> no problem, no problem, because I... I'm fixing to par the first hole at Augusta uh, with a long drive. I missed that putt. I have three putted the first green at Augusta. That's not a funny story. That's a terrible story. Despite the long drive, I'm one over par. I bogeyed the first hole. So I get up on that next hole, pipe one right down the middle. And birdied number two at Augusta. I literally could have walked off the course right there. I just birdied a hole at Augusta. You know what I forgot all about? That three putt 
I did on the first hole. Because once I birdied, that's the way golf is. You got to move on. The same way with Christianity. You're going to have some bogeys. You're going to have some double bogeys. You have a lot of bogeys. But you know what? That next hole, you can get right back up and birdie a hole, and all of a sudden you feel a lot better. If you live in your past, let me tell you who you're offending. You're offending the one who died for those sins. He's taking care of that. That's offensive to him. He's taking care of that. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You read this Bible, but these men and women of action, God loved them. He loved people who did stuff. Didn't get hung up on where they were and what they came from. He got fired up on people who did stuff. What do you want to do that you've never done? I'm serious. You think about it right now. What do you want to do? You want to have a Bible study with someone? What's holding you back? Well, I don't know the scriptures and I'm not good at talking. Well, learn the scriptures. Read. Most people don't know it. Get in there and study that thing. If you knew LSU's home schedule this year and do not know how to tell someone the gospel and can show them the scriptures, but yet you know a lot about fantasy baseball or football, perhaps there is a problem. What do you want to do? Go on a mission trip? Adopt a child? Teach a Bible class? Like, where is it? You want to be hospitable? Well, I'm not a good cook, and my house isn't that big. Just think about how many excuses we make for doing great things for the Lord. Live your life to where you you try to impress one person. You try to impress God over and over and over. And you just keep laying them out to him and saying, here's another one for you, here's another one for you. Live your life differently. There's so much more to life than just trying to go to church and trying to not mess up. God has this huge world out there. The only thing stopping us is our own minds and our own past. I'm going to leave you with a bucket list. Paul debated on whether or not to even write this. I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad we see this little glimpse of how these cats were rolling back then. And he almost didn't put it in there because he didn't want to brag. Listen to this list. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one, three times beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day at open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and told and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger, thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of the concern for all the churches. What about that bucket list? Are you kidding me? How does that stack up with my life? Let me tell you, when Jesus Christ gets a hold of you, and when you ask him 
And when you seek and when you knock, he will blow your doors off on the opportunities he will give you to further his kingdom. And if it's not happening, it's not his problem. Perhaps it's our problem. So we ask and we seek and we knock. Guys, I hope if one person comes out of here and does something great and changes something up and says, you know what? Life is short. I'm fixing to do something different. I'm fixing to do something bold. I'm fixing to do something I've never even thought about doing for the kingdom of God. One of you does it. It'll be worth it. We're all on the same team here. We need good team members. We need good teammates. We're working for a bigger purpose. Let your bucket list be like that one. Father, I pray that You inspire and you push us to move to do great things. Thank you so much, Father, for an awesome morning of worship, of prayer, and of thinking about you. Father, I pray that we push ourselves to do even bigger things, that we live our lives, Father, to impress you. We are so eagerly await our number one bucket list, Father, and that is to be with you in heaven, to live for eternity. Father, I pray for people in here. I pray that if there's people who don't know God, that they get to know you. I pray, Father, the stagnant life remains no more. I pray that we be bold. I pray that we take action. And, Father, thank you for not letting us have to live in our past. Thank you for the redemptive work of your blood that saves us from our sins. Father, help us to let everybody we know that hope. We love you, Father. We're thankful to be in your presence. Amen. If you have a need, come down. And there will be people to pray for you and be here. Thank you, guys. I'm uh, honored to, to handle this request uh, from Hunter Loveland.
And he wants good night. He wants to say thank you for the prayers, the hundreds of them that have gone up for him uh, over the last several months, and and I want to expand that for the last number of years. He's doing well. He's home. He's in the carpenter's shed, and he said, please keep him coming. So we're going to honor that request right now. So if you're sitting around, Hunter, if you want to put a hand on, that'd be great. Our Father, we thank you so much for answered prayers and uh, for one of our own that we've seen uh, grow up and and just struggle with life, but Father just comes back to you, and we're so thankful for his his heart, for his recovery, for uh, just his his appreciation to your family, for prayers, and and just the faith of in in them and us to to ask for more. Continue to work great things in his life, and we thank you and know that in him uh, the great things you have planned for him that the best is yet to come. We love you. Thank you for Jesus, for your grace and your mercy that is shown through him and the help you give us to live this life walking in your spirit. And it's through, uh, with the help of that spirit, we pray. Amen. Good morning. This is Emma Jenkins. I don't know anyone like her. I love being a husband to her mother. And I love being her father. Probably more than anything in this world. Someone asked me the other day if I had shared the gospel with her. I said yes, since she was born. And every day. It's one of the happiest humans on the planet. One of the most joyful people that I know. I've never heard her complain. I've never seen her and her brother in a fight. She wakes up and makes her bed. She wakes up and cooks us breakfast. She leaves us notes everywhere we go. But no matter how good she is, you know what she said? I need Jesus to do this, and without him it's possible. And we were debating when when was the right time, and... To, to obey the gospel. And the right time to do the right thing is... Right now. <laughs> and Emma, I'm going to ask you before all these people, who's going to be the Lord of your life from this day forward? Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We have a soldier here that's fixing to join the army of God. Roger, step up here, man. This is Roger Menard, about three deployments in Afghanistan and Iraq. He made it out by the skin of his teeth, by the way. But uh, he has now decided, as of today, to join the army of God and do spiritual warfare for a while. He and Mize are kind of from a lineage of snake eaters living off the land, airborne types, snake eaters. Y'all get it? Yeah. Roger, based on you hearing about the greatness of God sending Jesus to die for your sins, being buried and raised from the dead, which guarantees your resurrection, from this point forward, who's going to be the Lord of your life? The Lord Jesus Christ. All right, dude.
forgot his last name for a minute there. Jordan Vadrine's come forward this morning and say that he wants to recommit his life to Christ, to Jesus Christ. And he uh, has not been very diligent about attending speech therapy sessions. He's made a lot of progress, by the way, uh, just talking to him there. But he wants to recommit to that and repent of not doing what he needed to do to make his life more successful and give himself an opportunity for a real career. So we want to pray with him this morning. And also, I want to tell you about uh, Taylor Stearns, who was a girl 18 years old on our mission trip last year to Nicaragua. And she lives down there full-time with her family. And they manage the Project Hope compound and ministries down there. And yesterday, she took off work, went to her home, was outside in a hammock, and a, a tree limb fell on her and killed her. And uh, one of the greatest servants, just an amazing young lady, she visited to the, the special needs orphanage almost every day, and their, her parents were in the process of adopting a little boy from that orphanage that she had herself taken special note of, and um, just a, a tremendous tragedy to, to all of us who knew her, and uh, the kingdom of God is going to miss her a lot, and so we want to pray for her family, pray for Jordan as well. Father God, I just come before you today, and I pray that you'll be with my dear brother here, and I thank you so much for his heart, God, that all, after all these years, just like uh, Willie was talking about this morning, just the ups and downs in his life, just like we all suffer, he's never given up, and he's, he's back, and he wants to recommit his life to you. So we pray, God, that as we lay our hands on him and pray for him, that you will heal him of those things in his life that have kept him from being fully committed to you in whatever areas those are. I just pray, God, that you will take them away from him and, and give him strength to be the man of God that he needs to be. I thank you again for his heart, for, his, for the tenderness of it, for his willingness and his desire to serve you. And, God, I pray for that special family, the Stearns family in Managua this morning as they uh, plan their daughter's funeral. It's something that no parent ever wants to have to do, but, God, they are faced with uh, this task this morning, and there's uh, it's reality to them, and I just pray that you would give them strength. I, I pray, God, that they would focus on the testimony of their daughter's life to know that for 19, 18, 19 years, that girl served you with all of her heart, and that she touched people's lives that nobody else wanted anything to do with, God, and I praise you for raising her up and her example, a young girl, an example to me, an old man. I, I God, it's just it's amazing how much power and impact her life has had on so many people. So, God, just give her family comfort and strength this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My dear uh, sister, Willa Hendricks, who means a lot to me, when I was going through a rough patch years ago preaching here, she said, boy, you need to get your glow back. <laughs> and I knew what she meant, and uh, she's been an encouragement to me for many years, and I thought she was going to, was responding today because she's had some health problems recently, but uh, Willa uh, surprises me as always, and it wasn't about that. She uh, has asked for prayers to uh, to just be who she's supposed to be in her family. Uh, she's got a, a house full there that she helps manage, and she says, sometimes I lose my temper, and I don't act like God wants me to live, and so I, I want to pray forgiveness for that. She said, but I just want to be better, and uh, that's what I love about you, Willa. I love your heart. And just like Willie said today, it's not about the past. It's about where we go. So let's pray for Willa, and please remember her in your prayers. Father, thank you so much for my sister Willa. 
She's encouraged me so many times through the years. We've had so many conversations about you and about our lives, and uh, she means a lot to me and to my family. Uh, I'm grateful for her witness, her example of being your daughter. Father, I pray for her health, uh, that you will continue to strengthen her, because I know she's had some issues lately. Uh, but more than that, Father, I pray for her spiritual health, because she's always aware of the way she doesn't want to live. So to honor what she has asked for today, ask forgiveness for when she's fallen short of your glory. And I'm so grateful for your grace that lifts her up. And I pray, Father, that you will help her uh, with her family to, to be a good, godly uh, grandmother, great-grandmother, and mother, an example uh, of what you would want her to be. Bless her heart today, Father, and lift it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brian Rucker responds this morning, and uh, with it being Father Day, having children you can't be with, it can be kind of tough sometimes to celebrate, And uh, but he has a simple request, just wanting prayers for his kids, the safety of them, and uh, that they're just uh, having a good day, and uh, that's pretty awesome, but he also, you know, has a, another request, you know, just thanking uh, the people around him that have brought him to the Lord, and that he can lean on him during these tough times when he can't be with his kids right now, and trust in him that they're going to be safe, so we just want to pray for his kids this morning. Dear Father, Lord, I just want to lift up Brian, and, uh, and I thank you so much for being our ultimate father, and uh, just watching over our own kids, Father. I pray for Brian's kids right now, and the safety of them, that they're just in a good spot, enjoying their day, and just uh, living life, Father, and just enjoying the freedoms that you give them, Father. And just watch over Brian in his heart. I know he wants to be with them so bad, Father, and just uh, wants to see them smile, see their smiles, and just see their joy. And just thank you for his heart, for trusting in you that you're in control. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Based on our confession that Jesus Christ is going to be the Son of that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is going to be the Lord of our life. I'm going to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of these people are going to be your brothers and sisters, and we're going to fight with you and walk with you and love you until the end. Okay. Someday. Roger, my brother, once, like I said earlier before, one of my other brothers in the military, it's such an awesome experience. Sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ, that's what it's all about. And um, I met him about three weeks ago. We come from about the same cut, you know, we both deployed, and it was kind of scary, and it shows you just how merciful a God we serve is, you know, he let us come back alive, even though we wasn't living there. Based on your confession that Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit.
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, excuse me. Brittany Rush responds this morning, and her dad also with uh, Grady Rush, and they're from Little Rock. And um, they were just touched this morning, and she had a simple request just to wanting to rededicate her life back to Christ and uh, start living for him on a daily basis, and that's just awesome. So we're just going to have a prayer with this family right now. Near and Father, Lord, I just come to you now, and I just thank you for moments like this, Father, where, you know, as humans we lose sight of, uh, with our daily lives, Father, and with just the craziness of our lives and I just thank you for Brittany and her response this morning just to want to focus on you and live for you every day Father and make the most of those opportunities to show you through her life and I just pray for that request Father and just uh, bless her efforts and just keep her safe and just thank you for their travels down here and their travels back up north Father and just watch over this family sing your son's name and pray Amen A couple more announcements and before we dismiss um this note is from uh, Crystal and Jim Dillard, one of the fishermen with him. It said, uh, uh, his name is Matt Heron, and his daughter is eight months pregnant and failed yesterday, and not sure about any injuries to her or, or the baby, so they're asking for prayers for, for her and the baby. Also, Frank McVay uh, is having surgery on Wednesday at 7.30 at Monroe Surgical Hospital off of Forsyth, and he's asking us to be praying for him. Also, uh, Quinn and Kelly Wall said, just wanted to say thank you for your prayers for Wesson. Said the procedure went well and they'll get the results next month. Uh, we love you and, and thank you so much for your prayers. And Robert Thompson uh, just wanted to thank you also. Uh, he want, uh, specifically, the divorce care with Maurice and Jim Bonnet and everyone that's been praying for him the last three and a half years. Um, if you're visiting today, uh, we're so honored to have you here and uh, hope you've been encouraged. Uh, what you'll find is a church that uh, will love you, uh, no matter what your hang-ups or habits, and even if you're uh, still struggling with disillusionment that you have to wear a suit in the middle of summer in uh, Louisiana, they'll love you anyhow. So uh, no matter who you are, you're accepted. Um, also, uh, to kind of feel like, I don't know if they're still here or not, but there's a group uh, that showed up today. They're from Iowa, and they're a young, young group uh, from St. Paul Lutheran Church, and they drove from Iowa to Little Rock yesterday, got up early this morning to be here, and they're headed to uh, uh, New Orleans to work with uh, mission work there. If you're, from, if you're in that group, if you'll stand up, we just want to welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could have got a better pep talk than what you got this morning from Willie. And, uh, and just to kind of seal the, the day, uh, just if you have a bucket list, uh, yesterday I was honored to be here for uh, Marvin Steffen's funeral. And I don't know if anybody, any man, had a bucket any bigger than his. His bucket, sometimes he probably put some things in there he shouldn't have, but uh, he was a man dedicated to serving God and thinking big. And, uh, I just was an honor to be here, Marge, and just ask everybody to pray for Marge and the whole family. Let's pray. Fathers, we, uh, we leave here, and we can begin to, to comprehend that you chose us as your children, that you sent your son 
to die for us. You've empowered us with your spirit, and you've given us a title, your ambassadors. So, fathers, we leave here today. I just pray that we'll understand who we are, whose we are, and what we've been called to, and that in everything we do, in every word and action, we will bring honor and glory to your name. And it's through your son we pray. Amen.